0: I bought a mic. Ooh. I can't do falsetto. <laughs> we bought a mic. I
1: got the falsetto singing here. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We bought a mic. We bought a mic, mic. We bought a mic. We bought a mic, 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 mic. We bought a mic. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike. Bought a ma- <coughs> the sickest pop. I'm gonna I'm not gonna make it guys.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the tiny Talk. Hello Podcast. everybody. This
1: is uh, Ernest Calderon and I'm doing the We Bought a Mic uh
0: And I'm Hunter Mobley.
2: This uh, is a Hunter only episode. Yeah.
0: This is talking coheed. It's Hunter <laughs> and then two new hosts. I'm Flu Drew <laughs> and that's uh cold Ernest. <laughs> We're offshoots of the originals. We're not as good. We're sequels. We're made of phlegm. Yeah, the originals are not coming back.
1: (laughs) You're a sequel that's made like eight years too late. Yeah. Finding Dory, anybody?
2: It's true. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, The flu has stricken the We Bought a Mike household. Struck? strikened? Strickland? (laughs) But we are still here to, you know... Keep the pod flag flying. The last pod flying. I mean, some
1: people say that uh like the show must go on. I think the pod must go on. Always. Always I'm saying this as the person yeah. here at this table who's not sick, yeah, meaning I'm gonna be the only one here who's sick next week.
2: Yeah. Well, you you had a little bit of a cold one time, yeah. but you got over it quickly. Yeah, it's fine. You powered through, which is what we're gonna do today. Um Yeah, so not too much to talk about. A couple movies that we've been watching, some shows, and uh, the Grammys. So you guys want to get right into it with the Grammys? Uh, Sure. I I watched it live. I don't think you guys did. Did you? No, I was working. Yeah.
1: I was working, but I actually put it on at work with the audio. <laughs> with the audio, yeah, with the oh, audio. Wow. Okay. For like half of it, and then like the country Christian singers started coming out. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna
2: put on something. That else was a now. good like twenty to thirty minutes of the show, and I was just like, way oh, too long. God, okay, <laughs> enough of this. But I, I mean, I thought the performances were really, really great the awards actual like prizes I was kind of whatever about but yeah. I really enjoyed pretty much all the performances the
1: awards were like very just like okay of course Bruno Mars is gonna have a huge win everything but I thought that the uh, the finesse performance was awesome yeah. that was definitely my favorite part of the show Kendrick's, performance was, dude, was Kendrick's performance was dude Kendrick's
2: performance was amazing to start everything off yeah, was yeah that was awesome. sick I saw that it was like it started off with a bang and then just downhill yeah, from there yeah with
0: the X. and do- then finesse is honestly just a great song
2: oh yeah it is
1: do you guys think that the Grammys are like the least notable of not that they're the least notable of any award show but like they're yeah the most distanced from like actual popular opinion yeah
0: i think they definitely are i think that they are every time i've watched them for a long time and every time i've watched them i it's always the the feel has always been like are they really that fucking old like they took so so long to give a shit about hip-hop and they still don't enough where like if there's a good pop album, it's gonna beat a great hip hop album. Still, exactly, yeah.
1: and that that was the case this year. I mean, yeah, Kendrick still does not have an album of the year. Yeah, yeah, it happens a
0: lot. They, I mean, they're just they're really you know they're showing their fucking gray hair. They're not evolving with music. Like, you can fight it all you want. Maybe they don't like it, but it's maybe time to acknowledge that it's good. Like, and great.
2: I think that you know Kendrick has he been nominated. For his past three albums for Album of the Year. Good Kid and if, To Pimp a Butterfly. I don't remember
1: if... I feel like To Pimp a Butterfly was nominated, but I, I know think, that that one didn't have a chance to win. Good Kid should have won, but... I think
2: To Pimp a Butterfly lost to Taylor Swift, I'm pretty sure. And, and, and of course, a Good Kid lost to Macklemore, yeah, which is... never forget. If
1: you're going to give it to a hip-hop artist, you're going to give it to the
2: white hip-hop yeah. artist. I just think that, like... Kendrick kind of gave the the academy the Grammy academy or whatever like the perfect album to choose for album of the year. Like not only was it critically revered but it was like a huge commercial success.
1: Oh yeah, some serious bangers on there.
2: Yeah, damn it's like what you'd expect a uh, album of the year should be and they just completely passed it over. Not saying 24 karat magic isn't a good album, but damn it's like the clear consensus album of the year i mean
0: it's just i mean it's a joke if they if they want to not be taken seriously then we are very open to not taking them seriously like it's not like it's any fucking weight on me to be like hey the grammys are stupid so (laughs) if they continue to be stupid then what the fuck ever who cares
2: did you guys catch uh gambino's performance Yes. N- no, I di- I actually haven't seen that. I really recommend it. probably one of the best of the you night. He play uh, Redbone? No, he did Terrified. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Okay, I tell yeah. you. Yeah, so I was really expecting him to do Redbone because that was the big song, but w- with Terrified, he kind of showed like a more like soft uh just like more toned down real R&B side of of the album. Um and he brought on little Simba on stage Yo, the, the little kid who's gonna be in the Lion King with him yeah, playing yeah, the young yeah. version yeah. of himself uh, so I thought that was neat it was, it was a really yeah. cool performance so uh, Jay-Z got fucked Eight. he had the most nominations
0: zero wins yep that's, um, that's crazy and it's not surprising uh Logic didn't win for the the suicide kill me song. Oh boy, yeah. Who can relate? One 800 Okay, I just I was just shoehorning this in because I wanted to mention I have not actually heard that song until about a year a uh, week ago. I had never. It's really? on the radio pretty often. Yeah. I know. I just never actually listened to it all the way through. I always changed it. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the... I thought it was like maybe a one-time thing where he yeah. goes, "Who can relate?" Woo! No, 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 no. Every okay. chorus, he's like, "Keep it in, keep it in."
2: Yeah, and uh, it's sad because it's like you don't want to disrespect people who like actually can relate, but it's oh, like I logic. Mean, Come I've on, I've been
0: depressed before. I can relate, but I can also say that song is bad. Yeah, it's I, fucking bad. You can
2: you can yeah. say the song is bad without like trying to shit on suicide no, prevention. It's, I'm
0: so glad that it exists, and if it ever comes on, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> oh my god
1: oh my god i i mean i understand why it's a, because it's poppy like it's catchy i guess
0: well, it has, but like it has i was just talking to brett about this it has the new uh pop progression the four chord song is kind of phasing out the new progression in every pop song is this uh going one step up it's almost doing a major scale but then the fourth note is a little different mm-hmm. and uh the chain smokers popularized it it's an every oh, yeah. chain song and uh logic's producer who is a you know, by all means, he's a good producer. He's, you know, he gets stuff. He was just like, all right, I'll do that. And it'll be the number one song. And it was, um, so, you know, good for them. I just wanted to mention though, that song. Another,
2: another really, really great performance, uh, was Kesha. Uh, I don't really follow Kesha, but I know that she's had a lot of like horror go on in her life, trying to like break away from her label because her producer was like sexually harassing her or something i don't really know the details yeah but she
0: got like sexually assaulted and shit and then yeah praying is that what she? Yeah, said that's the song yeah, yeah i would dude, assume so much emotion oh, in yes yeah. performance i mean that's a song that could have won an award um it's i've I'd heard it before it's a really good song i didn't see her performance but it's a very powerful song it, it brought a
2: tear to my eye like yeah. her performance was so endearing so yeah, the, she just put like every
0: inch of herself yeah, i mean her. she's she's kind of like uh T-Pain, stay with me, <laughs> just because T-Pain became popular through use of autotune. And so everyone is automatically like, oh, so he can't sing. Right. In reality, he can. The autotune is a thing to get him famous, which it did. Like, just like Kessa, she rapped because it got her famous, which it did. And everyone's like, oh, well, then she can't sing. She actually can. Most artists, if they get famous, can do good things. They just don't because guess what doesn't make the radio a, a belting, you know, ballad. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, look at Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga was the same thing, is that she had this beautiful, amazing voice, but people were like, you won't be popular with just a pretty voice. You have to put
2: on this whole persona.
0: Just and, dance. Gonna be yeah. okay. Um, and she,
2: her, Lady Gaga's performance was really great too. She was like at a piano for mm-hmm. most of it. Yeah, totally yeah. reinvented now herself. Now
1: she can she can kind of bring out that true side of her. But to your point about... um. Uh, Kesha's performance being so genuine it kind of takes me back to logic a little bit because I was like reading a little bit about an interview they had and one of the reasons why I feel like that song kind of rubs me the wrong way is that he said before, he's just like, Oh, I've never suffered from depression. Like, I've had friends who suffer from depression, but he, like, wrote it. It's like, I feel like I would appreciate this more if he's just like, Yes, you know, I was suicidal yeah. for years and I wrote this song as, like, a yeah. software help that you're not alone out there, which it is, but it's a little bit disingenuous whenever you've never
0: actually. Yeah, it's experienced like, who can
2: that. relate? Not me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Any, anyone else? I just want to die. <laughs> I, I don't uh, want to be alive. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Maybe he's had dark times Maybe that was just like A front bottoms interview Like if, if you don't know Every time the front bottoms Are interviewed They're like Yeah this song's about my friend It's not about your friend Brian You had an abortion We all know it This song is about nothing And you shouldn't worry about it Stop
2: asking questions right? Yeah
0: exactly I, Cause I think I've heard him Talk about like Vaguely dark times Um I mean, it's it's a great song. If it stopped one person from killing themselves, then I'm a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure it has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If one person has called that number because of him, then yeah. it's, it, it's worth existing and playing. Because it's competing on those pop stations with other bad songs. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like, like if at least it
2: has a message and a point to it, then that's already better yeah. than your average, you know, whatever cookie cutter song. Yeah, um, okay, so... Well, one one other thing I wanted to mention before we move on is that uh, James Corden was fucking horrible as the host. Oh, yeah. I mean really was catch trash. too much of...
0: <laughs> James Corden sucks. <laughs> he was so He doesn't bad. deserve his job. Uh, he is... He's Jimmy- hey, look at me. I'm witty British man. Yeah, he, he's fat British Fallon. <laughs> and he uh, he gets on my nerves every time I see him, specifically because I used to be... When I was 14, I was a big Craig Ferguson fanboy. And Has Ferguson ever hosted any of these things? He, yeah, he's hosted like light. I've seen him host things on like ABC, like big events. Yeah. I don't know if he's hosted an award show. That would be great because yeah, he's really good uh, off the cuff. But just... if I feel going, like he's
1: not a big enough name, though. Like nobody knows who Craig Ferguson is. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately. Going from
0: Ferguson to Corden illuminates why Corden sucks. He is... He has he does not have a perspective on things. He's and if he does, he's terrified of saying it. It's just like Jimmy. Yeah. He has no. Tell me one opinion Jimmy has that is an, a real opinion. He doesn't have any. Like, there's something to be said for like supporting someone who just. He whatever. does, dude. It's so great. Yeah, so great. He doesn't. Donald Trump. That, so great. No. So great. His past is so. He has so much darkness in his past. He's been an alcoholic before. He's been on drugs he uh he used to have like the obsessive thing of like like jim carrey used to have like i'm gonna be famous i'm gonna practice these fucking impressions for 10 hours a day and now he's just nothing and uh yeah james corden is just like my one of my biggest pet peeves because if more late night hosts got hired like that like it would just be the most blank boring landscape yeah uh can we just have a moment of silence for
2: rock they didn't present the best rock album on the live ceremony. Wow. which
1: Wow. Rock is dead. Doom.
2: Yeah.
1: R.I.P. Rock. Who even won that? The War on Drugs. Yeah, which is awesome. Oh, that's dope. Understanding. That, that's dope. Um, also, another thing of note, uh, best new artist, SZA. I thought that the award was definitely going to go to either SZA or Khalid and it's of course, it went with <clears throat> bland pop artist Alicia Cara. Her speech, who,
2: though, was really great.
1: I didn't see her speech or anything, but Gaia pointed out, apparently Alicia Cara's been out for like three or four years, that she's actually had radio songs. Yeah, well, the, She's not a new, new, artist. new artist. It's a weird like, cut. That
0: happens like every year, though. There's, yeah, there's but always like, someone that's like, what?
1: But, there's always, but Alicia Cara has had songs that were like, <laughs> Top forty hits like a couple years ago, so that at that point, like I mean, I chance consider it breaking won, onto
2: the scene. Chance won like that award last year,
1: yeah, but he still he broke like twenty seventeen was kind of a breakout year for him yeah. with Coloring Book, or at uh, twenty sixteen was yeah. I should
0: say, but um,
1: like Khalid and SZA broke onto the scene this past well, year. Well,
0: Essentially, a lot of the time, the uh, the Grammy see new artist as like it's the first time they're being recognized by us at the Grammys yeah so you'll get that a lot where the new artist is like uh what
1: not new oh anybody else see um um tyler's tyler's get up for the grammys yeah
2: the ear flap hat yeah that was that was fun all right any (laughs) other thoughts on the grammys
0: guys no black
2: uh, panther the album is
0: a thing that is happening so yeah kendrick Kendrick shared this on twitter he was the first one to do it yesterday uh, this album looks fucking dope. It looks it's like, like the album of the year. <laughs> it's essentially a new Kendrick album. Um, it's a even top
1: though,
2: dog album. Yeah, even though he's not on every single song, he's probably gonna like oversee the whole
0: thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a top dog curated playlist. That's what they're calling it. Um, but in most songs, there is a member of Top Dog featured, and if not, there's someone that like is great. So. Uh, we get another uh, Kendrick and SZA collab, which the first one on on SZA's album is an amazing song. Yeah. Mm. well i I think this song is out though. All all the stars, all the stars. Oh, really? Yeah, For that's me. like that's
2: like one the only song from the album that's out.
1: I just I really hope that this is an album that's better than the sum of its parts because I like King's Dead is like a good song, but it's nothing like great blow you away when you consider like Kendrick is on it, J Rock, Future, James Blake, like it should be amazing and it's it's just like a pretty good song
2: wait i i haven't even heard this song
1: oh really it's been out
2: for uh for a little bit now oh with now. james blake and yeah Future. with james blake oh, yeah oh shit there's I need a to part check this there's out. a
1: breakdown in it in uh king's
2: dead which is horrible it's wow. really bad <laughs> well I guess we'll see what the effect of the album is on the film. I don't think all of these songs are going to be in the movie. No,
1: I don't think or that or they'll have like, like little snippets of yeah, it, it and stuff like that. It's not going
2: to be like a suicide squad type of deal where it's like a fucking music Oh dear video. God, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing really good things about the film. It, the, the LA premiere was a couple nights ago mm-hmm. and everyone is saying it's, one of the best, if not the best Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm excited for it. The album actually comes out on uh, February 9th, so okay. it'll be out a few days before the
2: movie actually premieres yeah. and wide release. We'll uh, we'll make sure to, you know, give you our, our thoughts. We didn't get a screener for this one. Um,
1: Unfortunately not. I mean, you guys aren't really getting the big screeners yet, yeah, but maybe not. one day. Yeah. Maybe
2: one day you you two will. Maybe you'll make it as a big shot. Shut the fuck up spoilers for later hunter got to see a, a certain film <laughs> yeah, a certain
0: critically highly critically ooh, yeah. acclaimed film I'm I'm not unconvinced that you could have gotten us like into that too but you were just like sorry I don't know, guys man it was
1: pretty exclusive yeah sorry yeah. I
2: only got one
1: they just sat down 10 of us in like fold out chairs in front of a macbook and then just hit play mm-hmm. in front of we're, all of us We're
2: actually about to talk about that but before <laughs> hunter wanted to bring up a little something first
1: Yeah um have you guys seen all the controversy surrounding uh the first purge.
0: Yeah, uh I don't even understand how I mean I get why it's controversy. The the purge has been going balls out for this shit forever. Yeah. yeah. They've always been super anti-conservative movies um mainly because they're just the whole point is that they're kind of calling out the fact, hey, conservatives policy-wise, vote-wise don't like poor people, which is just a thing. Um And they are just going farther and farther. And the marketing is genuinely, it's just great marketing. Whether or not you agree with the premise, it is great
1: marketing. It's amazing. So, I mean, if you guys haven't seen, they released the first poster of it. And it's a Make America Great Again hat that just says First Purge. That's great. It's so good. Like, as soon as I saw it, it was like blowing up Twitter and Reddit, like all this. all this like feedback and people's opinions flying everywhere about this. And I just think that's exactly what you want. Like that's the perfect marketing movement because it's getting people talking about this movie, which is now it's the fourth movie yeah. I don't know about you guys. I've never seen
0: a Purge movie before. Never. I saw um, one of them because I was very curious. Because it's the classic movie with the perfect uh, elevator pitch where where you're like, fuck yeah. And then the movies are bad. They
1: are. Well, I've heard that the movies have been increasingly better to the point that uh, Purge Anarchy, I think, was the one that came out last year. Where actually no, was like, Election Year. Or Election Year, that's what it was. Election Year was actually like pretty good like it kind of fell apart or anything it wasn't anything great but it was entertaining yeah i
0: i saw maybe the second one the one before election year and it was very like it was fun but the symbolism which is great in the marketing they're hitting you in the head so hard with it that eventually uh the dialogue suffers the story suffers just because they they want to like pound this into your head when you already get it you know we're not dumb mm-hmm Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of for a lower common denominator audience, which is fine. They make money and they have something to say. Yeah, Blumhouse, they got the formula down. So it's more than most movies can say, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're not uh, good.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, what is this, uh, now that, let's let's get to what we've been (coughs) watching and, and Hunter, you, uh, somehow... I don't know if you found a, a hole in the wall somewhere. That's what Grant said. <laughs> I'm, I like, might you, have. You found, you found a hole behind the theater so, um scurried your way into the <laughs> screening. So uh,
1: last week, like right after we recorded the pod, I received an email that invited me to uh, uh, a screener, which, of course, never been to a screener before. Um, none of us have. Um, and... I got an invitation to this like the screener for this movie called Love Simon. Love, comma Simon. Love, comma Simon, which is actually based off of a book. Um, yeah, let me pull up the name of the book. It's like a a young adult novel or something like that but um it's based off of a movie called uh simon versus the homo sapiens agenda what which f- uh it's okay i'll give you just the premise i don't really know how much in detail i can talk about the movie just because see that sounds it does do have to out.
2: sign a of non-disclosure agreement? i didn't have
1: to sign a non-disclosure agreement but before we actually started the film there were people there with like actual not just like movie theater security guards like u.s security guards like who federal are like, shit yeah and they were just like
2: <sighs> fbi look
1: like turn off your cell phones don't set them on vibrate or airplane yeah. mode turn them off or else we will take your phone you will not get it back is that and you can receive up to a hundred thousand dollar or a fine or a 10 years in prison
0: let see at first like, I it thought, is no joke at first i thought hunter had a glowing zit on his forehead but it's actually a sniper laser <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, they're just waiting for me to give any kind of a spoiler, yeah. even though it's a book. You could just read the book if you really wanted to be spoiled. That, yeah, that, but um,
0: um do, are, do you want to like keep up the mystique of how you got this? So you're like, yeah, it's just like, you know, big movie. Just They, I, they heard my shit and they were like, I, damn, bro.
1: I think that somebody listened to the podcast and they're like, well, we only have one <laughs> ticket. Who gets it? And oh, then sh- they just... <laughs> They just gave it to me. I guess. No. no, no.
2: They 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 went on your Twitter and they were like, "Whoa, this
0: guy has four billion
2: followers."
1: <laughs> yeah. How how is he? No. Not how is streaming? that possible? This
0: guy said, "Good time." What about "Great time"? <laughs> Holy fuck!
1: Yeah, the tweet of our generation, as said by A. A. Dowd, probably. Yeah. No, um, this is a
0: this is a bowling alley connection. But- <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I I honestly have no idea how I got this screener. I don't know if they just like saw me on Letterboxd and they liked my top movies of the year list more than yours Shut the or something. This is n- but, um, this is from that guy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's actually not from that guy. I still haven't even met him or talked to him. Was he not um, at the screener? I don't know if he was. Oh, or it was not a, it was a
2: packed screening, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was it was a sold out screener. So if you guys don't know how they do um, public screenings for like non major media people is. They send out screeners to people and they overbook the event so that basically it's first come first serve whenever. So you have to stand in line and then once all the seats are taken up, they cut off the line. So Guy and I got there kind of like right by the last minute. We ended up having to sit three rows from the front. So it was it. It wasn't a bad uh, seating arrangement or anything, but guys, this movie was really good. Actually, it's um. He, to, keep in mind, he still has the sniper on his head. I still yeah. have the sniper. Are so you sweating? Just, <laughs> I'm sweating profusely. I'm actually crying a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's about a, uh, a high school boy going into his senior year who is gay. And he has the secret that he can't tell his friends or his family. Even though his family is like very progressive and everything, he's just worried that the secret's going to get out. It's going to completely change his life. Um, suffice to say that... A student happens to figure—these are all things that happen in the very beginning of the movie, so I feel comfortable talking about it. But somebody gets a hold of his emails, this email exchange that he's having with this um, random other student who posted on this anonymous website for students. Um, and he just basically wrote, like, my life is like a Ferris wheel and that it's always going up and down, trying to, like, hide the secret that I'm gay. And he left his email on there. So the main character, Simon, started an email thread going back and forth with this guy, each of them going under pseudonyms um, to try and like keep their identity secret from each other. Somebody gets a hold of his emails and starts kind of blackmailing him with this Damn. just to do whatever it takes to keep this identity hidden. Um, but this, this cast is amazing. Just to kind of go through it... Um, Tony Hale is in here,
2: who's oh,
1: actually a family friend. Like, tally,
2: Tally alone. Tally
1: native. Um, my uncle and him went to acting uh, like a Young Actors, which is a, uh, a, a kind of program for young actors. I mean, actors. If, if you need, if you need
0: like a, a review of how great this place is, it pumped out Hunter Mobley.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, th- I can't wait for them to put my And,
0: and my sister, Camilla. And Cheryl Hines. Oh. Yeah. Cheryl Hines. Of RV. Yeah. <laughs> But
1: um, uh, Jennifer Jennifer uh, Gardner is in this. Josh DeMail, Um Wow. Okay. The main kid, uh, Nick Robinson, I've never really seen him in anything before, but he was awesome. Like, really, really good. Uh, the main girl who plays his best friend, um, Leah, is the main girl from 13 Reasons Why. Actually, oh. Yeah. Which, I haven't seen that. So, another person of note on this cast for Love, Simon is George Lindenberg, who... Lord George Lindenberg Jr., who you might recognize as Kyle's best friend in Brigsby Bear.
2: Oh, yeah. The director guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But um, it's directed by this guy, uh, Greg Berlanti, who he's never really made any notable movies before. I think the only other movie that he's ever made is a movie called Life As We Know It, which I've never heard of, but also has Josh Mayle in it. I've heard of that. Um, I've heard not. It. That's not great. Um, it has like a 40% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. but, um, uh, he's, what he's most notable for is he's actually the showrunner for shows like The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, all the CW, oh, those are huge all successes. the CWDC shows, um, he's the showrunner for them. So he basically like writes and kind of came up with the central idea for He these looks shows. pretty young. I feel like he is pretty young. He's probably like in his, uh, it's like four, four 45 45, 45, um, yeah. But yeah, uh he was also a producer on uh, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, if that tells you anything. Neat. Man, this yeah. sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh it this story, like there I I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie or anything. It definitely suffers from like very classic coming of age story cliches. However, um, it's just it's really it's really heartwarming and endearing and I found myself actually being like questioning, trying to figure out who this mystery kid is that this guy's crushing on and it's, it's told like a love story and not just like this like gay thing that needs to be uh, hidden because one of the things I really liked about this movie is that they're not in a conservative town. His family isn't this conservative family that's closeting him in so he feels like his family's gonna disown him. he, is in a very like 2018 progressive family, but he still has feels the need to hold the secret in. Um, I think that it was excellently uh, performed. Like I said, the direction in it was very surprisingly good just because of a uh, guy who hasn't really done much directing, it's has some really great uh, stylized directing in some of it that almost gave me some I, Tanya vibes at parts. Mm. Like, there was a, one part um, in the movie where he says, uh, like, oh, man, I can't wait to just move to Los Angeles and just be, like, one of the other gay boys. And it, like, shows him, like, in a dorm room hanging up, like, pictures of men and stuff. And then he, like, walks out of his dorm and everybody's saying, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> and, like, everybody's just wearing, like, cu- like, Red jumpsuits, blue jumpsuits, and yellow jumpsuits just like dancing around. He breaks, breaks into like a da- musical dance number. And then he like turns to the camera. He's like, okay, maybe not that gay. And it's like stuff <laughs> like that, like yeah. very stylized that I, I just, I really appreciated the directing. It's really funny, but also touching in well, a, in what a way. What kind of a
0: release are you thinking? It's gonna get it's well it's supposed to come out in March. Yeah, it comes like out March yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Wide release
2: March sixteenth,
1: I think. Something like that. Are um, you
2: gonna publish your exclusive advance review?
1: I, I just might. I have to I I honestly like after watching this movie I wanted to tweet out and like give more thoughts on it and i didn't really know what exactly i could say so i looked at like black panther tweets and reviews to kind of like get like a little bit of a summation of all right just general thoughts maybe a couple specific scenes disney
2: disney is way more
1: yeah i mean but this is a fox production so i didn't want anything i don't want to be like Taken to prison because I give some thoughts on a podcast or something that fifty people listen to. That, that
0: does happen yeah. a lot. Hey, we, people we get just like hauled off in the paddy wagon yeah. when they're recording their podcast. We
2: we would still try to do the pod with you in prison. Oh, thank so, well, you. We'd find a way. Over yeah, you'll call
0: in.
1: Yeah, I'll be like, hey guys, I only have a five minute conversation. Yeah, he, Let me just burn through my thoughts real yeah, quick like, here. Oh, so this
0: week I read the grapes of wrath again. <laughs> And then uh, the dictionary. I'm like halfway through,
1: <laughs> but um, actually, I I recommend it. Um, I will say this is the first uh, uh, first movie of 2018 that I've seen, and I think it is the best movie of 2018 that I have seen so far. What but also the Phantom, worst. Phantom Thread. Well, that was 2017 technically. Technically, yeah, because we also saw The Post in 2018. But I consider this yeah. a 20 like a true 2018 release. But true. I recommend you guys see it on March t- 16th whenever it gets a wide release cool all
2: right well Chill. what's uh what's next that's uh love simon in theaters maybe
0: soon maybe <laughs> is this even a real movie i don't know um all right i we'll made s- it <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> it was my movie <laughs> uh before we get into kicking and screaming because we all saw that i'll just talk really quick did you see it a uh, futile and stupid gesture no I, I didn't see it all right i'll just i'll talk really quick it's a movie we've talked about it before it's based on a book that i read that i really liked a uh basically kind of an oral history but written not not like interviews of the uh Harvard Lampoon boys Doug Kenny and Henry Beard who created the National Lampoon amid like you know just drug fueled lifestyle of like cocaine and alcohol and weed and parties and stuff um so it it's a great story because it you know they just end up to you know cross paths with everyone who really did become like a household name uh while not becoming household names themselves um so like this this movie was directed by David Wayne uh which I I I think that I could see him having a personal connection to this story because he also was an Ivy League boy yeah. who kind of created a comedy empire with his college friends um and I'm I don't I'm sure he didn't do that much Below, but I'm sure there were like drugs and alcohol involved, like making yeah uh, wet he hot. Would, for he example. would blow it David, away from David him. Wayne yeah. doesn't look like he's ever done drugs a day in his life. <laughs> they, I mean, in that wet hot documentary though, they're fucked up like all the time. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this this movie had a lot going for it. It had a lot of potential, and it's it's all right. It's not it's not a great movie. Uh, tonally, I think it kind of struggles with itself because David Wayne is maybe the. The best parody movie maker, uh, making I mean, Mel Brooks is the best alive, but he's the best that's currently operating right, right. now. Um, so he, I think he kind of had a hard time not making this into a parody movie when if he were to have taken it a bit more seriously, this is a tragic story because it's the story of Doug Kenny, who it's not a spoiler because it's real life, but he uh they expanded the empire to national lampoon they expanded it to movies they made they moved to la they made animal house that's when him and chevy chase kind of became best friends and just started doing rails all the time and he's a millionaire so he's having all these crazy you know lavish parties uh so then they make caddyshack after that which was less of a success still a success but that experience with all the cocaine and all the arguing with producers kind of broke Doug Kenny. Yeah. So him and Chevy, uh, go to Hawaii to get away from it all and get clean. And eventually they just in Hawaii, they get right back in blow. And that's where Doug ends up, uh, dying. Damn, yeah. So, so that, that's the will forte character. Yeah. Right? And, and will forte. Yeah. Plays Doug Kenny. He does a great job. Um, it's just tough because he, I mean, at one point it starts in college and like, there's obviously some leeway when you're seeing an actor portray someone, but Will Forte is in his 40s, and he was playing like a 21 year old at one point, an 18 year old, Ugh. and it's just like, shut up! Like they just put a wig on him. I don't. Part of me, like, it was fun to see all these celebrities because you have like Joel McHale playing Chevy Chase, you have John Gemberling playing um what uh, the John Belushi, you have a everyone recognizable a lot of people from the old wet hucking are playing these very famous people but part of me do wonder- gleason's in there yeah Donald gleason actually does great playing henry beard his american accent is not great at times but it just part of me wonders if it would have been better off if they just picked people who were actually that age and whose faces we didn't already recognize because it was distracting um and so it, it's a good movie but like i said it it struggles with there are times where it breaks the fourth wall and that really works cuz there's there's a they made a narrative choice to have an old version of Doug Kenny just some old actor narrating it and he shows up in the frame a lot but he's like a ghost like no one can see him and he's just talking to the camera that's weird um it's it's pretty cool i think that's a really cool idea and he breaks the fourth wall and when he does it 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 definitely works because like they a couple times they they break it to mention like yeah this is all uh white people because you know it was it was the 60s and the 70s um so like we were progressive but we weren't actually progressive you know right um so it works a few times but sometimes they just need to let more serious moments play out and they kind of don't um, they i think it's pretty well directed like it's not it's not distracting or anything the screenplay i thought was all right uh, david Wayne did not write this screenplay yeah I'm, I'm looking at it now it's by michael colton yeah click on his thing and john aboud they they haven't they've written stuff but they haven't written like high caliber comedy yeah so i was hey man penguins of madagascar that's that's what i'm saying okay so they've written one high caliber comedy (laughs) it's just i think this uh this story and this lineup was rife with potential and i think it didn't quite live up to it i don't think that this movie is gonna generate any hype uh it's on netflix right now i i really enjoyed watching it because i read the book and i love And the cast, yeah. And I've just read it, so I read a lot about like comedy history and like everything that went on back then. So it was fun to see it played out on the on you know, I mean, the proverbial big screen. It was on Netflix, but I was kind of disappointed by this. Honestly, I wanted to love it. uh, It should have been amazing. I think I think the book is better, Uh, but that's I think that's the case with most things, or at the very least with most things. The the one that you read or that you see first is what you like more. But the the book, I mean if you want details on this story which you do because it's interesting then read the book the movie is uh it's a fun time and there are great moments and the great moments are the dramatic moments so that's why i kind of wish he didn't shy away from that so much it's just it's a movie that wanted at points it was a parody and at points it was a biopic and i just kind of wish it was a biopic
2: yeah it was too inconsistent with its tone
0: Yeah. yeah
2: um but, yeah, I mean, it's on Netflix. Uh, it might it might get buried, as it happens with a lot of Netflix films. Like, if they're not getting a lot of views, yeah, they'll just get completely buried by other shit.
0: Yeah, this, this isn't... I don't think this is a movie that's going to generate a lot of hype. It also suffers from something that a lot of biopics do, where they want to cover so much of the story that it kind of just seems like they're playing bingo with major life events. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, here's this yeah. and then this. and, like and It doesn't really flow very it, well. Yeah, the, in the beginning specifically, it kind of skips around too much. I, I almost wonder if they needed to show them in college at all because I think if they maybe started with them like moving to New York and starting the National Lampoon, they would have been able to get more in detail about the juicy stuff. Mm. Isn't
2: it kind of sad how like, movies like this like this movie had its premiere at Sundance mm. uh, a couple weeks ago and then it simultaneously got put on Netflix but I don't think people are gonna watch this movie so it's like all the work that went into this film yeah. it's just going like David Wayne is not gonna get any information from Netflix as to like
0: how many people are watching his yeah. new movie it, it's I think yeah you're right it's kind of sad um the title is very bad. Yeah. I was sh- I was shocked because yeah. the title for a book, you can have a wordy title like that. But like with Love, Simon, they changed it for a movie. Yeah. If you read any book about movie making or screenwriting, the title is like a bigger deal than you might think. The title, yeah. especially when you're on Netflix, you're just looking at a picture and, and words and you're trying to make a choice. And a lot of the time, like a that makes the choice for you without you even reading the description. A
1: stupid and futile gesture sounds like like a two and a half hour movie
0: yeah it's, it's not that it's just it does not match the tone of this movie because the movie is like for the most part it's like a it's a drug-fueled like trip through this guy's comedy journey that if you asked me a million guesses I would not guess that if you just told me the title like it, it just needed to be called something else like even just like the lampoon or some shit like that yeah. like it it I don't know I think that there were some poor choices made and with a few tweaks this could have been a great movie but not quite sad sad yeah well we've been
2: catching up on some stuff and the first thing coming up is the assassination of Gianni Versace American Crime Story okay (laughs) very long title um great show wordy
1: title (laughs) titles that's
0: a fucking mess yeah uh
2: aka Versace on FX yeah what if
0: they just called it Versace an American Crime Story yeah
2: that would would have that would have been great um uh, okay, so we're two eps in. There was a new one last night that we haven't seen. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's a great show. I mean, I'm sold on Penelope Cruz's character now after the second episode. I think she she's great. I think Ricky Martin. Yeah, is Ricky like Martin is really amazing. good. I, uh, okay. So last week whenever we were talking, I hadn't watched the
1: first episode yet. So I watched one and two um, this past week. And unlike you, I'm not sold on Penelope Cruz. I think that she's good. But I hate her stupid lisp that she's going for. I don't know if that's a thing that Donatella actually has. I mean,
0: I didn't, I didn't really notice as a lisp. Well, I mean, that's the only possible option is that Donatella actually has that, because otherwise she wouldn't make that yeah, choice. Yeah, but it's
1: just like it, it. I I don't even know what exactly <laughs> it is. I feel like it almost rubs me as like, okay, she's acting. Like that's not a real lisp. True. When like otherwise in her performance, like I'd buy everything else that she does. I. Well, this like, whole
2: show is very theatrical. It's yeah. very over oh the yeah top.
1: yeah, just like every Ryan Murphy well, joint. Yeah. But I I like I think that she is good, but in a, in a show that is really elevated by the cast, I feel like she kind of just blends in and she doesn't really yeah. elevate the role. I think
2: Darren Chris is like so fucking. He good is
1: eye. he is amazing.
2: He like, blows my mind with every he, scene.
1: He was great in the first episode, and it just got even better in the second episode as we saw a little bit more into his psyche and yeah. to just how fucking weird he is.
0: Like,
2: this is a straight-up murder, and you, like, are really understanding where he comes from a a little bit more each episode. You know, Mm.
0: in in the pantheon of uh, Glee castmates, he's doing pretty fucking well for himself. Oh, shit. Too soon. Well, first, the, like, main star died, like, a while back, like, years ago, and now this new guy freaking... Well, convic- first, he con- was convicted. Yeah, yeah, convicted of child porn, and then he just offs himself. And then he just killed himself. Which is probably the right move. Yeah, uh, so good for fuck Darren. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So anyway, Darren Chris, even more impressive considering. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, it's just, it's he is the most uh, believable character in that he, like, you look at him and just his little, like, his very subtle, like, facial movements that he does, his little smirk that he has is horrifying. Like, it's just little things like that, like... Whenever I look at him, I just think like, "Wow, what if Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco was a serial killer?" And that's, oh what I, that's what I—that's why I think of whenever <laughs> yeah. I see him. So
2: the the two main, I guess, like f- character oh. plot threads in the second episode are um, don't spoil it too much. Yeah, no, I, I won't. I won't. Even uh, though
1: these are real life events that have yeah. already taken so place 15 years it. ago, it,
2: it explores Johnny Versace's past and like you know his issues. Um, with being gay and, like, illness and all these things. And it parallels that with the uh, flash-forwards of Andrew uh, uh I guess... Grant and I were talking about it, and we described it as, like, this overbearing, like, jealousy that's fueling his murderous rage. So you, you do get this kind of, like, insight into his fucked-up mind and how he... Has this desire for Versace, and not not really just for Versace, but like anyone who is like successful, yeah, just that lifestyle, yeah. Uh, Because you do get a shot of him like looking at that Marilyn Monroe portrait, Mm. and the look on his face as he's looking at the portrait is like this look of like wanting to be there, wanting to be admiration, yeah, wanting to have his face on a wall somewhere. Like he desires to not be forgotten and not be you know just some pile of Mm -hmm. shit like he wants that recognition and that success
1: and to that point it's like he has these sociopathic tendencies to the point where i feel like i can only trust what we're seeing him do about half the time anytime that i see him behave in like some like very psychotic way i'm like wow i believe that that happened but then when you see this like charming guy out on the beach and everything you're like i don't think that this ever happened like i and that's exactly the way that it's meant to
2: be portrayed yeah and i i think as the show as the season goes on we're gonna start to lose more more sense of what actually happened in real life and like what is more dramatized because I think the whole point of the show is to make you like not sympathize but I guess like understand why this guy was a murderer and like kind of put you in the headspace of like someone who would commit these horrible crimes. Mm-hmm. And with that comes lies and deceit.
1: Yeah. There's a uh, one specific scene in the second episode where uh, Darren Chris's or Andrew Crononan... uh Runs into a guy on the beach and brings him back to his hotel room. And that is the most like horrifying shit that I've ever seen.
2: Oh, what happens in the
1: hotel yeah, room? Yeah. That
0: is. God, you horrifying. guys are such homophobes, you know? Like,
1: <laughs> dicks and butts, fingers and butts, dicks and butts.
2: All right. That is Versace, aka the assassination of Johnny Versace American crime story on FX. So next we've been watching The Good Place. Uh, Another one that Drew hasn't caught up on, so we'll yeah. we'll stay spoiler free. Um, great two episodes. Uh, now that we're caught up, I think there was another one either tonight or last night. Uh, but at this one, the show, I just I don't even know what's going to happen with each episode. Like each episode ends, and I'm just like, holy shit! Like anything could happen in the next episode. Like it 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 kind of sets you on a path. But you're like we've come to expect this show to just surprise us, so I'm just ready for it. I'm just ready for it to happen.
1: This show like radiates of Michael Schur and like in that this is his fifth show now that he's made to the point that he is always thinking five ten steps ahead and he treats the audience with that same level of respect where he never lets you get ahead of the show he always keeps you on your toes with what's going to happen next now at the um the last point that drew watched it went into a whole nother like big thing that happened should we just go into like a little bit of spoilers over what happened recently yeah i mean we can we can save it until you actually catch up if
2: you haven't uh, caught up on the good place. Just just skip on ahead if if you're just trying look to at those catch up. Stamps. Yeah, just just click on ahead we 'cause we're we're gonna get into a little bit of a spoiler discussion.
1: So uh as so the last episode that you saw Drew was them leaving the good place. Them getting on the
2: train, correct? Yeah, exactly. As the like the whole neighborhood just disappears into the void,
1: and that's just like a mark that because that whole episode I thought was kind of just all setup episode, but then at the end we get that whole thing where the neighborhood is gone now. Like we don't know what this group is in store for next.
2: Yeah, and, and the <laughs> and the episode that follows is directed by Alan Yang ah. of yeah. uh, uh Master of None fame, and it's a great great episode that furthers this insane plot while also still. Uh, inputting these just great little tidbits of you know what it means to be a good person and like the great conversations that we get between Chidi and Eleanor about ethics and morals like mm-hmm. the show even though it's constantly like upping itself in terms of like the crazy plot twist, it still has that thread of like what it means to be a good person mm-hmm. you know what we want out of each other as quote unquote good people like, our expectations for ourselves and our loved ones. And it, it hasn't forgotten what the core theme of the show mm-hmm. is. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I can't wait for you to watch the two most recent episodes, Drew, uh, just cause yeah. there, there is a moment specifically in the episode right after the last one that you watched the Alan Yang episode, which are just some of my favorite jokes of the entire series.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some, some really good shit. So we'll catch up more next week with the good place. Uh, all right, next. Okay, so this is something that for the Grammys, when I watched the Grammys, uh, I got CBS All Access, the free trial, the uh, one week free trial, just because I wanted to stream it, you know, with no issues. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so now I have a week free of CBS All Access. So you watch me- CBS, Young, let, the me young check Sheldon. Out, let me check out Young Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah no no, 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 expected no <laughs> I mean, you have horrible taste. I've watched Star Trek Discovery, Grant, and I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, okay, you know, free trial, I'll watch the first episode, and then if I like it i'll if i if 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 it justifies me paying the money for c b s all access I'll watch the rest of the show because I've heard really great things it's just that nobody why would anybody get CBS all access yeah. like it makes no sense but I was like all right you know might as well I have it I'll give it a shot and I was so damn impressed with this show hmm. I I think it's amazing I, I really really do it's it's strange because I've never really been into Star Trek hardcore. Like, I've never really watched through the old shows, like the original series or the Next Generation or any of this stuff, but Star Trek Discovery, like, it takes how we kind of know Star Trek with, like, the JJ movies, like, the whole action-packed aspect of of, of uh, the new Star Trek, and it injects it with like what made star trek great in the old shows which is like all of these conversations about race and um humanity and like morals and ethics and just trying to find the balance between violence and diplomacy and it's not just like a non-stop thrill ride i mean there are incredible action sequences and you can tell that they put a lot of money into the show Uh, but it still feels wholeheartedly Star Trek only because of the attention to detail with the with the writing and with the characters and it doesn't feel like a rehash either it doesn't feel like you have the stock Spock
0: character and the stock Kirk character was the original on CBS yeah, yeah. okay they, I was they, about to say why did why would CBS put this on that, yeah. that would be the only reason because that this does not line up with their current programming
1: I've heard that uh the first two episodes act as like a <laughs> as like a movie would yeah. Oh, so? yeah.
2: That's all I've seen is the first two. I mean, there's like 13 out now, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep watching. Like it's really, you'll pay, really. You'll great. pay
1: for Star Trek. You'll pay for a CBS All Access until you finish yeah. Star Trek.
2: Yeah, and then I'll stop uh, until I guess season two. <sighs> and then Big Bang Theory binge. Yeah. Uh, law, law NCI order. <laughs> okay, That's uh, enough. But yep. but yeah, it's it's a good show. I really recommend it. I'm not I'm not saying that like everyone should go out and sign up for CBS All Access because unless I you're
1: sponsoring us, yeah, that I wouldn't case recommend. Will.
2: Yeah, CBS if you want to sponsor us. uh But I I think you know if you want to sign up for the free trial and watch the first episode or two and then decide for yourself if you want to keep going, totally recommend it because I was really shocked with how good this was
1: i'm glad to hear because i've heard a lot like people talking about the action and stuff but i'm glad that it is still having more sophisticated discussions in it because i haven't really seen much star trek at all if anything i've seen like a few episodes here and there of uh, the next generation, but that's the
2: one with Sir Patrick. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But uh, there was one episode in particular that I actually, I've seen, I saw it before and then I actually watched it in a philosophy class where um, it's an episode with data where they're basically, there's another data that comes along and they have this whole discussion about like, what it is to be alive and to be considered, like, a human. Right, because that is, be is like, an android, Yeah, right? he he's isn't, like, a conscious android and all yeah. that stuff, and he's just like, I can think, I can feel. How does that make me different from you? Stuff like that, and it's, like, kind of that brings up that whole idea. Blade Runner. Kind of, yeah, it's very Blade Runner-esque yeah. in that it really kind of blurs the line between what is real and what is just, like, uh, artificial,
2: that's Star Trek Discovery on CBS. Uh, what else have we been watching, guys?
0: Drumroll, please. Wait, what are we no, what oh, are we
1: Oh it's it's Kraken Criterion. Oh, oh fuck no. Me. So um I made a purchase. Crack and Crack and crate. Um, I made a recent Criterion purchase. I'm gonna I crack up,
0: your fucking Blu-ray case.
1: I picked up the Will Farrell hit. <laughs> Just kidding. It is a movie called <coughs> Kicking and Screaming from nineteen ninety-five. Kicking and the word screaming, not kicking and signs screaming. Yeah, ampersand. Ampersand yeah. screaming. Mm. So uh not the Will Farrell movie, but the Big Noah Bomb back. I, I was
2: really pissed when, you know, the Criterion <laughs> logo came up and then I didn't see will ferrell like surrounded like a a
1: blue tiger
0: yeah surrounded (laughs) by a bunch of little soccer remember how mike did because in that movie (laughs) it's like what are you doing here also every kid including me on my soccer team learned that trick that ends up winning him the game where he does a little whirl on the ball so don't talk shit is what i'm saying so that movie's horrible but we did watch a movie called kicking and
1: screaming which was actually really good i found um this is a this is a movie, this was Noah Baumbach's first film that he ever made. He was about twenty six years old when this movie came out. Wow. Um so and you can tell that it's written from the perspective of a young <laughs> recent graduate of college, in that it follows these kids who graduated they, they went to their college graduation and basically they watch a year of their lives pass right after college and kind of realize that they're all too afraid to break out from the mold and try and do something different. So they just kind of fall into these familiar patterns. Yeah. One of them graduates as a mechanical engineer and they gets a job at like a video store. It's like stuff like that where you are too afraid to actually go out there and take the risks Yeah. And, and change they're all from what you know. They're
0: all just. I mean, most of them at least are. They're very similar. They're all very cynical. They all, like. There's a line where they're like, "I just wish I was retired." That's basically the theme of the movie. Like, they just don't want to do the whole career thing. Um this movie like they're all very uppity and that's just part of it You could. I was thinking because someone else unnamed called it pretentious, and you could definitely call it that. It was. It was my girlfriend Gaia. (laughs) She. I
1: I will say Gaia hated this movie.
0: Well, it is because it is very. uh, It's a snobbish movie because Mm. it's based on his real life. I'm sure he did go to an Ivy League type school and hang out with a bunch of white dudes, and they all talked like this. That's why I wouldn't call it pretentious because that implies that he's pretending. I don't think he's pretending. That this was it was his life, just his reality. I just think yeah. he may have had an annoying life. And yeah.
1: I, I will say that the movie is uh, sexist. Like that's that's yeah. a definite thing that happens in the movie. Aside from maybe one female character, everybody else is kind of just treated as like, oh, this girl, she's a cheater, and this girl is just like the underage girl who's looking to fuck the twenty-two year old. Which is there's some there's some like non non pc <laughs> things up in there yeah if you
0: watch anything old it's gonna there's gonna there's something some problematic things the other i was just telling you guys the other day i watched a, a chris rock special from it was only from 08 yeah and it he, for like the last 20 minutes he rails on the entire female gender in general and i was shocked because it was only from 08 but yeah this uh it definitely doesn't treat women as like people in this movie. I think that that's also probably something that is rings true <laughs> to how his life was, I'm sure. His life in college was just a bunch of fucking boys hanging out talking about, you know, how much they hate everything and how great they are. So, uh I'll give it that at least the writing was, you know, pretty ambitious. I I thought that the writing was good cuz it is it was overwritten, but it wasn't overwritten in the way of like like shut the fuck up most of the time there were some moments that were like eye rollish but like there were some genuinely hilarious moments in this movie um the the way they're
1: the group dynamic is like very believable and it it feels like i'm watching like some like college age kids also
0: it is kind of self-aware about how up its own ass it is because there are like yeah some of the comments most of the female characters in it tell the guys they're like you guys all talk the same yeah (laughs) Because they do, they you know they're all just kind they of they all similar. look the same too. Yeah, they all look yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. That that was not a thing. single brown person in the movie. But, yeah, uh... it's just a very, it's just a very like upper class, like old. It's almost like, I guess it's from '95, so that is a long time ago. And I think the writing wise, you know,
2: it, it draws a lot from Robert Altman, who mm-hmm. did um, Nashville and MASH, and those are two films where like, you know, you they feel a lot like this because they have that sort of episodic nature where you have these kind of like uh, small self-contained little plots that add up to a larger film. And then you have characters with a lot of like naturalistic uh, sort of dialogue where they talk over each other a lot. Mm. Uh, that's very, very altman. And that's something that Aaron Sorkin became famous for mm-hmm. with the West wing, but kicking and screaming, came out like four years before the West Wing first
0: yeah. air. I mean, y- they all... Yeah, I'm sure it's all rooted from Altman. I've read interviews with that guy. Yeah. He's very influential because uh, Bombach is very... He's famous for that. For And that's one of my favorite things in writing is when people can pull off a scene where m- there are multiple conversations happening.
2: And it's not just the writing, it's the directing too. It's yeah. these very long takes yeah. of the camera just sitting still with like a two-shot... And just not really very stylized. You're just having the actors perform without any cuts.
1: Like, it was. I was extremely impressed by the direction when you consider that this is his first directing. Yeah. Job. And was, like, he hasn't even cried with, like, a short film or anything before this movie. Like, this was his true, like, directorial <laughs> debut. And the way that he is able to move the camera and these long takes and performances that he's able to get out of his actors. There are some lines because these are some relatively unknown actors in this movie, so there are a little bit of points, especially uh, with one or two of the female characters where it seems like all the lines are delivered very monotone which I feel like that was part of the vibe that it was supposed to give off, but it's... Doesn't necessarily work. Like this isn't like we're watching killing of a sacred deer or something. Right. Like, where, like yeah. I understand. Like oh yes, this is just the tone. It's just like, uh,
2: bad for. acting. Yeah, like where you really can't
1: tell, and I just kind of chalk it up to being bad acting at that point. But um, overall, like I I really really enjoyed this movie. Especially there's one notable scene towards the end of the film where um, they're all kind of ragging on one of this one guy in their friend group. And basically the main guy, Grover, kind of steps in and is just like, stop picking on him. Like, why are you doing this? And they're just like, oh, you know, we just always pick on Mac. That. That's just the way that we do it. And um, he's just like, no, like, let's step out. Let's change who we are. And even the kid who's getting picked on is just like, nope, this is just like our dynamic. This is just who we are. We're not going to change. Yeah. And like, I just, I I really like the messages of the movie because as somebody who's about to graduate college, I feel like I've had these same over, like, underlying feelings of just yeah. like, what if I'm not really like ready for some kind of a drastic change? What if I'm not going to be happy doing the thing that I want to do? Whether it's moving to a different city yeah, or committing like,
0: myself to a certain career path? Yeah, it's like what if what if I'm like decently happy now, and why would I change that? Um, and there is a, there's a character in it played by Eric Stoltz, funnily yeah. enough, looking like prime David Bowie. Who, um, he literally has just stayed in college for ten years, and is he was bartending. Van Wilder
1: before Van Wilder. Yeah, like he, he can't was just leave. like yeah, and that was I. He was my favorite character in the movie just because he was like he had one moment where he's just like some people are engineers or some people are writers, and I'm just a student, and that's just what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. That's is just a sad. Student. It's it's sad, but like yeah. there are people out there who are like that. Who well, are, there's
2: there's one line at the beginning of the film where one of the characters is like, you know. At one point, you could just call it a bad summer, but now mm. you just call it a bad life.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's really, like, I, that's one of the things that I like about it, is that you can say that it's overwritten at parts, but I think, I found the writing to be <laughs> compelling in that the, it was like characters are saying what you're thinking, so that's why, because people don't actually speak like that, but they are genuine thoughts that you have.
0: Mhm. I yeah, I enjoyed the movie. It is it's a boys' club movie. It's like it you know, it's a it's a segregated movie. It's a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. and mid nineties, early nineties. And it does suffer for that. It I mean it's a movie it's a movie that has one perspective, but it, it shits on that perspective. That's the saving grace of the movie, I think, mm-hmm. because otherwise this whole movie would have just been a big jerk off, like a big circle jerk where you're like, Would these guys just shut up? Hey, but, you're just jacked off today. Yeah, but but the theme of the movie is practically that these guys are wrong for feeling this way a lot of the time so that's what kind of saves the uh the essence of the movie where you're not just the whole time you're not or at least i wasn't just like shut up because the movie is saying these guys should shut up so they're kind of the movie's in on its own joke. Like, Noah Bombach is not saying, like, man, we were awesome back when this happened. He's saying, wow, we were kind of up our own asses back then. Yeah. yeah. And that's
2: why the film holds up. You know, that's why the Criterion Collection picked it up. And that's why it's going to keep being watched. Because it's not going to fall into the void of film. Yeah. It's going to keep being remembered as, like, a great movie. Yeah, Have you guys ever seen any other
0: Noah Bombach movies? No. Because uh, this was my first actually. Yeah, I, I watched the Squid and the Whale a while back. I've heard but great
1: things about that. I don't remember well, it. He also, I was
0: too young. He also writes Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. So I mean uh, i love what
1: I love he's his written. writing. Yeah. yeah. I know he wrote a, like uh uh the life aquatic and yeah. stuff like that. Fantastic but, um, Mr. Fox. Yeah, but I uh I just I really want to I really want to see Francis Ha. Um I've Starring heard that Greta that's Garry. like kind of his his masterpiece or so like it's not like he's had a huge success or anything like that but just I like I love Greta Gerwig after seeing her work with Lady Bird and I really enjoyed this so I want to see their collab work especially since they're married so
2: I don't think they're married are they not married they're just like dating for a long time
1: yeah I know they've been together for like five years or so because before this uh um Noah Baumbach was married to Jennifer Jason Leigh for like Five years or so Damn That's interesting
2: Yeah It's a big age gap I think
1: Yeah uh, I think it's 14 year difference yikes. Between Greta Gerwig And Noah Baumbach Ooh mommy So Yeah So she was like 12 when Kicking and Screaming Came out But All right, You guys uh, wanna well. take A quick break Yeah let's go ahead And take a quick break
0: We'll be right
2: back
1: This podcast Is brought to you by Gaia She's my girlfriend And we have different opinions sometimes.
2: She's also a consciousness altering service that is being sponsored on social media. Join Gaia. (laughs) Expand your consciousness. We are Gaia.
1: Um, so, I just made $5,000 worth of prop bets. I put it all on the over under on Pink's National Anthem Time. Oh, I thought you were talking about the
0: Winter Olympics.
1: Yeah, I bet all my money on the curling
0: event. We're trying to do a transition,
1: Hunter. Uh, Jamaican. Did you bet on the, team. on the skiing Hunter? I bet on. Uh, Katie Holmes. Is this the Poker Olympics? Yes, um, this is uh, the Bankrupt Olympics, where uh, I lose all of my money and then I come to you guys as a beggar. I'm gonna. If I ever go homeless, I'm just gonna camp out like on your front lawn.
2: Okay. Yeah. Just like in a hammock, or are you gonna pitch no, a tent? No, no,
1: no, no, no. I'm just gonna sleep outside. I might sleep on one of your cars. O- on it. On? Yeah, on the car. On
2: top of it. Or
1: under if it's a yeah, chilly night.
2: I would go under.
1: But if it's like a nice day and I want to look at the stars or something, I might just like hang on top of Grant's Jeep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very easy to break into a Jeep. I could just sleep inside of his Jeep. You ever Jimmy a Jeep?
2: Oh, I Jimmy Jeeps. Yeah. And we're back.
0: <sighs>
2: okay, so... Uh, you guys I was, like, all codeined drew, up? Drew... uh has been quarantined in his room for like
0: yeah a week i was all holed up i got to catch up specifically uh on i mean i've been watching a ton of shit but the ones we're gonna talk about are two 2017 uh movies that made both of your well i mean they were on your list they weren't necessarily high up yeah um but I had been meaning to see them, so I finally did. The only reason why they weren't high up is because there
2: were so many, like the quantity of great films yeah. in 2017. I,
0: I mean, I agree with one, but the other one I put very high on my list. Um, so the first one we, we can talk about is Molly's Game. I finally saw Aaron Sorkin uh, written, Aaron Sorkin directed.
2: Starring Jessica Directorial Chess. debut.
0: Yeah, so this is, uh, again, it's a very compelling story to begin with um, about Molly Bloom. Her, you know, transition from...
2: It's a true true story. Yeah,
0: retiring from downhill skiing and getting uh, wrapped up into running high-stakes poker games for celebrities. Um, As we mentioned, because Michael Sarah has a very polarizing performance as a guy named Player X. I don't understand why this performance is polarizing. He has, like, two minutes of screen time, and he's fine, but... He's fun I didn't even he adds, say he's fun yeah you know, I say he was good yeah it's like it's almost just like he doesn't do that much either way like it's not I thought he was gonna be like all over the place but he was just mostly like I thought it was good and everyone's like that was the worst thing I've ever seen I think my theory about this is that uh Michael Sarah gets uglier every year and now people see a guy looking like that on a screen and they're like he's not allowed in the movies <laughs> Um, like he, he it was fine when he was like 18 but yeah um, it was like the
1: cute awkward kid yeah
0: um yeah but so anyway this movie i thought was uh good and i think it, it should have been better um i think aaron sorkin has made way better movies uh i mean i haven't i haven't seen the original 90s ones that everyone goo goo gaga ga, ga, ga is over um can you a edit good, have you ever seen a i'm a gonna few, take another clean take on there <laughs> goo goo ga, 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 ga is over <laughs> have um, you ever seen a few good men no that's the thing but with that said social network is one of my favorite movies it's consensus it's it's kind of the perfect backdrop for a sorkin movie here's the thing with sorkin he can make the most boring things like a deposition seem incredibly interesting i think that he can also make an incredibly interesting thing seem very boring yeah like this was a high stakes poker movie and at times it felt like a deposition like it was almost the opposite effect that it usually has um Just because the base content, if he didn't, if he didn't infect every moment of this movie with words, 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 I think there could have been better acting performances. I think
2: it's just like relentless dialogue, whether it's, whether it's a conversation or just straight up voiceover, it like doesn't stop.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think the movie does suffer for that. I think the acting does because uh, Jessica Chastain does very well with what she's given, but I don't think that you can make a case for her winning any like an Oscar because most of the movie she's just asked to recite dialogue at an insane pace and when you're doing that there's only so much emotion you can really show yeah so she just it's he he tends to do that with his characters where sometimes they're they're kind of robotic because they're just like I think you could say the same thing
2: about Idris Elba
0: yeah he he has a, a great great monologue Toward the end, and mm. I think that he his character was kind of asked to do more heavy lifting than Chastain's, um, because his he has a giant monologue about Chastain that Chastain yeah. could have very easily, uh, you know, been asked to give yeah. that monologue, and it would have bolstered her chances for any award.
2: It's it's a good scene, but it's just like. Why is this man having to s- yeah. tell this other man why the woman is so great? Why yeah, it's can't like she just thing- do it herself? Yeah, it's
0: just like, here's the thing about this.